Christmas, like I said on Christmas Day, the manger takes focus of self and worship onto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that can change your circumstance, your situation, your health issues in a moment, the one who never leaves us, who never forsakes us, and he is so great. Our brains cannot fathom how big our God is. Oh, Lord, today I just pray right now in Jesus' name that as we sang that song, that you are great, that, Father, that he blessed you, that you bless us every day, our mercies and you every day in you. But, Lord, with that song, Lord, how great you are, that you are an awesome God, a God beyond human understanding, beyond human um, knowledge of your greatness and your goodness and your bigness, I just pray right now, just to touch your Holy Spirit, to touch each and every person in this room right now, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, Holy Spirit, minister in this place right now, in Jesus' name, pour it out, pour it out like that, like that living stream, like that waterfall of living water. From the throne room of Jesus, pour it out right now in this place in Jesus' name. Touch every heart, touch every circumstance, touch every mind, touch everybody. As people reach out to you today, saturate us from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Let us be sponges that would soak it up, but not just leave it there, that we would pour it out as we leave this place into the places you send us, into our workplaces, into our families, into our neighbourhoods, into the places you send us to, Lord God. Let us be a representative and ambassador of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because you are an awesome God and you have chosen us to be ambassadors for you. Bless you today, Jesus. And we all said, Amen, Amen. Bless you. Can you give the band a hand as they grab a seat today? They did an amazing job. So good to be here in the house of the Lord today. You know, I love that song because I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Myanmar. I've I've sat and worshipped with many people where I haven't understood the songs that they were singing. But when you hear that tune, you belt it out in English because you know exactly what they're singing. It's a song where right around the world they sing that song. That our God is an awesome God and he is a great God, and it's so good to know Him as our Lord and Saviour today. Well, I'm going to jump right into it today, and I'm going to jump right into my slide of what I'm preaching about. I'm I'm preaching about a smarter new year. And no, I'm not talking about your intelligence, although intelligence is good because it helps us to learn and grow. We, We always want to be growing in the Lord. Amen. We always, we don't want to be borrowing oil from our brothers and our sisters, we want to be growing too. We want to be filling up our our lamps, our lanterns, so that we're ready for when Jesus returns. Amen. But I want to talk to you today about a smarter new year. You know, something happens to us all when we start to think tomorrow is the 1st of January. We've already talked about it quite a bit today, but something happens to us all. We start to think about the past year and what was great about it But we also think about what was not so great about it. Then we start to think about the possibility for something beginning that is new, that is different, or even hope that will be better than the previous year. We start to believe that this year is going to be my year. The new year is an opportunity, an absolute opportunity to press and reset our lives, an opportunity to restart. Now, okay, we can do that any day of the year with Jesus. I understand that. But there's something about the new year. I think it's because it's a worldly thing where people start to think about what can I do different in 2024 that I have not done in 2023. We generally want to make sure that the areas we feel didn't work out as we planned in the previous year would be something that we would change and hope to rectify For the new year to come, we don't want to make the same mistakes that we did in 2023, in 2024. So we start to think about that. We might even have conversations with family and friends about that, with our loved ones. 
You know, unfortunately, what is called a New Year's resolution, and we, we hear about them everywhere, can become old plans on the 2nd of January. We might make it at the beginning of on the 1st of January, but by the 2nd or even a week or a month or even six months after, they can turn very quickly into past dreams, into past plans. And we can possibly begin to say, I'll do it next year. I'll do it. Who hasn't done that? Come on. Put your hand up if you haven't. It's so true. I'll do it next year. Plenty of time, my whole life. I've got my whole life ahead of me. That's what I thought at 21 too. Anyway, we know to make plans, we need the gumption to follow through with the planning. It's great to say I'm going to do it, but there's planning involved. This takes perseverance and endurance and the determination to turn things around in our lives. And no one else can do it for us but us. It's a choice. To do this, we need Jesus in the centre of our plans. If you know Jesus as Lord and Saviour in this room, any plan you make outside of that is futile. It's, not, it's worthless. But Jesus needs to be right in the centre of our plans, of our dreams and of our goals. With anyone or anything else in that centre, anything or anyone else in the centre of that, we will not succeed. We can try in our own flesh, but the best achievements are made in and through Jesus in your life. So it's time for a reset. It's time to press the button in your life of 2023 and start to think about 2024. Some of us here have got big years ahead. I mean, when I think about me, I know I just want to stay in 2023. I don't want to press the reset because next year it's building project, building project, you know, lots of other things, outreach things going on. It excites me, but I know it's going to take a lot of planning, a lot of effort. These things just don't happen. You've got to plan. You've got to put effort in. We've got a couple here. They're going to get married. That's it. Your life ends. No, I'm only kidding you. You're done for. You've still got time. No. <laughs> I can say that for anyone who's a guest in the room, he is my son and she will be my daughter-in-law, hopefully. Um, anyway, uh, meaning you'll forgive me for what I've said, not him. Uh, anyway, long story short, we have other people that may be sitting there thinking, oh, I've got big plans for, the, for next year. Good. Start planning now. You may have already been thinking about changes and fresh goals you'd like to make tomorrow as 2024 begins. You know, our resolutions can become non-existent or flawed, but not so with God. God is perfect. He makes all things beautiful in his time. He knows the end from the beginning. He sees all things and knows exactly what is best for us. We might think we know, but he knows best. God alone is always faithful. What he says always comes to pass. When has he ever said something that has not come to pass? Jesus is coming, but when has he said that? Furthermore, his plans are always the best plans. They're always the plans of purpose and promise. And he has them for your life and mine. You know, the almighty God promised us a saviour. Well, did he do it? He did. And God kept his promise. He gave us the very best in his son, Jesus. Jesus came to make all things new. Through his death, his burial and his resurrection, Christ ushered in the new age of the new creation so that he could make all things new in you and in me. It tells us that in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and I'll share that verse in a minute. However, in Christ, all things are passed away and all things become what? New. Praise God for new beginnings. Today, if you're looking for a new beginning, it's there for you. You just got to trust and believe and pray. And if it's God's will, it will happen. A new year is upon us and God is preparing to do a new thing on earth this year in 2024 in every year that was very different from the years that have passed. God is a God of new beginnings. His mercies are new every morning. And the good news is he wants you to get on it. He wants you to remember it. 
He wants you to remember when you wake up and you're not feeling too good. If you had a bad week, things have happened. He wants you to remember his mercies in you every single day of your life. He doesn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on me. In Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, thanks. Can we give Nathan and the team a big hand up the back? They've done an amazing job again this morning. And Gaz, on sound, you guys are the bomb. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 says, It is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed, because his tender compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great and beyond measure is your faithfulness. That's what we should remember. Oh, I'm awake. I'm alive. So next day, thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you that I'm here and you have a purpose for my life. You know, the best New Year's resolution you can make is to resolve to stop trying to change by your own fleshly efforts. It doesn't work. We can try. It doesn't work. Hebrews 4.10, it says, For he who has entered into his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. You know, instead, resolved to let the Lord God, to let Jesus Christ make the needed changes in your life, in my life, And remember, he can do it because it is time for that reset. It's a choice. You can press a button in your own life to say enough is enough. This is going to be different. Therefore, reset your faith in dependency upon the Lord Jesus Christ and continually trust him with all you are and all you have. Now you've got something to look forward to. Doesn't that now sound like a plan? You know, I shared this verse on the Arise social media page for the service yesterday, if if you saw it on um, Instagram and Facebook, and it was Psalm 65, 11, 11, but I've added up to 13, but it says, and it says, you crown the year with your bounty and your paths overflow. Then it goes on to say, the pastures of the wilderness drip with dew and the hills are encircled with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks and the valleys are covered with grain. They shout for joy and they sing. You crown, Lord, the year ahead of me with your bounty and it's your paths that will overflow in my life. That's what we need to remember. You know, some of us will have plans that are physically and materially driven. But all of us should have a plan to become more like Jesus in 2024. To put Jesus at the centre and at the forefront of all of our decision making. This can be difficult. As Jesus said to his disciples about prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, The spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. In Matthew 26, 41. We all tend to be able to make plans in our everyday life with our everyday actions and goings on. But we tend to avoid to want to make plans for becoming more holy and more like Jesus. Because that means going even deeper to self-assess, even deeper to assess for change within self. This does take planning. It takes planning to do that. This starts with some serious self-assessment and that means not putting the blame on others because we can all be quick to do that. Putting the blame on others but taking responsibility for what we can change within ourselves to become a better person. And the Word tells us to turn the mirror on ourselves and look closely at our reflection in Christ. It tells us that in James 1, 23 to 25 where it says, For if anyone only listens to the Word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in, the, in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, the faithful, uh, and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he will be blessed and favoured by God in what he does in his life. Of obedience. This is from the Amplified Version. I love preaching from that. It just explains a little bit more. But what an incredible verse. 
You know, God is always our strength when we, when we decide to become more like Jesus. He will always give what we need and the courage and the perseverance to get there. If we are open to the Holy Spirit, He will give us strength. He will give us courage and the motivation to change what needs to be changed for us to become more like Jesus. Holy Spirit lives within you and I to do this. You know, it is quite difficult to look at our personal status, to really assess ourselves. Specifically, when previously it has not been too great to look back and assess ourselves. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. quoted this, If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Moving forward in 2024. Not staying in the rut of anything in our lives that is not of any good use to Christ in 2023. That is our goal. We tend to really struggle to assess personal situations and even personal character, trait issues, personal ones, because these can be the hardest to grapple with. It means, oh, I have to um, deal with that thing in my life. It is not easy to recognise and take responsibility for flaws without our character, within, within our character. I mean, it's not easy to see our own flaws within our lives, in our character. I encourage you, if you want to hear about some, choose your friends or your loved ones and ask them, what is it do you think would be helpful for me to change in 2024? Ask them because they have an, those who love you, not those who want to destroy you, have a better understanding of things we need to work on than ourselves. And we should be open to that. We should be open to going to Jesus. and Because we can go to Jesus and say, Jesus, Jesus, please tell me if there's anything I need to work on. Nothing. Perfect. Do you see what I'm saying? We are not the ones to hear from anybody, even from Jesus when he's trying to tell us. Because it's everybody, well, if so-and-so didn't do that, if that person hadn't done this, and if that didn't turn out that way, and it was all their fault, and they should have done this, we're the the quick ones to pass a buck. It's true. Because self-assessment is so hard. Man, I've been a counsellor for many years previously. And I know it's hard for people to turn that mirror on their own reflection. However, I do believe that Holy Spirit helps us to self-assess. The Word says... That in John 16, 8 to 11, and he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for a saviour and about righteousness and about judgment, about sin and the true nature of it. Because they do not believe in me and my message about righteousness, personal integrity and godly character. Because I am going to my father and you will no longer see me about judgment, the certainty of it, because the rule of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. The Holy Spirit does convict us, but we've got to be willing to hear that conviction. We can quite easily turn our deaf ears to it, can't we? You know, God is always standing in the future of your life, calling us forward to that life in hope, and he's never backward in regret. He's calling you forward in hope, and he's calling you forward in future, and he's never backward in regret. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Saviour, he is a new creation, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Oh Lord, give me that spiritual awakening. We should all be praying that. Give me that spiritual awakening. You know, I want to share something with you. And now it's a little bit of, we're we're changing over a bit of preaching to a bit of teaching. We're all good? There's There's a process I want to share with you that I've used in the past every year. Okay, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But over the past three years, some people that this particular thing that I do could even be an acronym for New Year's resolution. It's called SMART but it's now called Smarter Goals. It's 
by a book, or it's known, by Michael Hyatt. I feel that this has not only helped me in planning for the new years ahead, but it also helped me to strategize prayerfully and consider things that I would like to change in my daily walk, not only with Jesus, but also to strategize and make plans for moving forward. You know, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You know, I've used SMART goals in the past by Michael Hyatt. He's an American author. He's written books that I've read. He's a podcaster. He's a blogger. He's a speaker and a CEO of the founding company of Michael Hyatt and Company. He has written several books about leadership, productivity, the goal setting. You know, I don't only read Christian books. I like to read leadership in the world because it helps shape me into a better leader and a better person. I chew on the meat and spit out the bones, so to speak. But it's good to be able to read widely like that. But he is an ordained deacon in the Greek Orthodox Church. So the SMART Goals acronym, the old one, was Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant and Time-Bound. Okay? But I found this method was not challenging enough and I could easily slip in and out of them and um, it wasn't challenging. So without even me having to ask him, Michael wrote a new book um, and also recognised that there were flaws in the old process of the SMART Goals. Um, So he superseded them with SMARTER Goals. This process at the beginning of every year has really helped me plan and set goals with Jesus in the centre. You know, I'd like to share these smarter goals with you today. Do you want to hear about them? Can I encourage you either write them down, put them on your phone, or even if you want to, re-listen to this message. Because this is what has helped me to plan in Christ for my year ahead. Can I encourage you to do that, to really think about that as the new year just quickly comes upon us? Okay, so thanks, Nath, if you want to put it up. SMARTER stands for Specific, Measurable, Actionable, Risky and Time-Keyed, Exciting and Relevant. So when you're sitting down to write your New Year's resolution, which you may do or some goals that you have for yourselves, can I encourage you, please have them. Please have some plans to change and do things in your life. But as you sit down to to do that, I encourage you to to work on these SMARTER goals to plan for success and follow through. In general, the SMARTER goal method is used to help you think through the different aspects and steps that you're taking to achieve your resolution, your plan. You know, I believe the father planned for his son to enter this earth with with the exact same goals. Jesus' goal, was it specific? Was it measurable? You'll hear me explain each of those in a minute. But I encourage you, think about what Christ did. And these goals line up with that. So we're going to start with the first one, specific. You ready? Ready for a bit of teaching? No falling asleep. Chocolate for those who stay awake. Anyway, I'm not sure we've got enough in the container. Uh, Or you can have, actually, at the front as you leave, grab a candy cane. There's plenty there. Okay, specific. Focus is power. Focus is power. So you can drive the same amount of water, listen to this analogy, you can drive the same amount of water through two pipes and create greater force in one of them just by reducing its diameter. Do you know that? I hope so. Okay, so that is similar to what happens when we narrow down our goals. What the studies show is that a tougher and more specific, the tougher and the more specific the goal, the more likely we are to engage our focus, creativity, intellect and persistence. Vague goals, what are called vague, don't really inspire us and it's hard to know where to put what little effort and creativity we are willing to invest because it's too broad. Specific goals create a channel for our problem, solving skills, effort and more. To formulate a smarter goal, you've got to identify exactly what you want to accomplish. So I'm going to give you an example. Okay, so I could say, In 2024, I want to write a book. I do. Okay? But that's too vague. It's too vague. What's a specific book that you want to write? In my case, here's an example, okay, that you can ask. Learn photography. Is that specific? 
No. What aspect of photography do you want to learn? A better goal would be complete a 101 photography course online. Okay? You can say that instead. That's specific. So when you write down a specific goal, that's some of the goals that you need to think about for 2024. You need to make sure that they are not vague, but they are specific. And how it, 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 it sort of a, brings in the how to the what. You know, complete a 101 photography course online because that will make you a better photographer. Learn about how to write a book or what type of book do you want to write? What chapters do you want to have in it? That is specific. Number two is measurable. The second attribute, attribute of smarter goals is that they are measurable. In other words, they have built-in criteria you can measure yourself against. Okay? So this is important for two reasons. The first is the most obvious. How do you know that you've reached the goal that you set, the specific goal? How do you know? It's not very helpful or inspiring to say that you want to make more money this year than last. Well, how much more? There's a big difference between a small cost in a living raise in your job and driving your savings up 30% from last year. It's a big difference. It's the same with getting fit. Saying you want to exercise more doesn't really do much. It's not objective. Saying you plan to go to the gym four times a week is totally different. It's measurable. The second reason is that you need to be able to measure yourself against the goal. Are you fulfilling that goal? Are you doing it? An objective target allows you to set markers and milestones along the way. That means you can chart your progress and, and half the fun of goals is in the progress we make. You can tick things off. In fact, we experience the strongest positive emotional response when we make progress on, this, on, the, on our most difficult goals. You know, why don't you prod and ask any happy person and you will find a project for improvement that they are undertaking. Self-improvement is everything. It helps us to, to move forward, to go ahead, and that includes in Christ. The next one is actionable. The third attribute of a smarter goal is that they are actionable. Goals are fundamentally about what you're going to do. As a result, it's essential to get clear on the primary action when formulating your goal. So how? How do we do that? It may sound a bit simplistic, but I find it's best to use a strong verb to prompt the action you want to take. So you might write down. You know, you don't want to write down something like am or be or have. You want to use verbs like run, finish or eliminate, you know, those sorts of verbs help you to set that goal. A couple of examples of this may be, be more constant in learning. Is that actionable? No, it's actually not. That's a state of being verb. But something like, listen to two training podcasts a week, that's actionable. That's measurable. And that's specific. It starts with the verb, listen. And it's clear and directive about the action. Here's another example. Be more health conscious. Is that actionable? No, not really. Instead, we, instead we should be saying something like, walk for 30 minutes five times a week. That's actionable. That's a much improved goal and plan. So what actionable thing, measurable thing, specific thing are you going to set this year? The next is risky. I'll explain this one. The fourth attribute of smarter goals is that they are to be a little bit risky. So just hear me out for a second why. Normally we talk about setting goals that are realistic, don't we? Well, that's what the old smart one was, that you set them that are realistic, that you can actually achieve, you know, that you can do. But if we start by asking what's realistic, we're likely to set the bar a little bit too low. We do. There's a linear relationship between the degree of goal and difficulty and performance. We rise to a challenge, but we lay back when it's easy. 
still safe goals are a constant temptation for us. We are driven more strongly to avoid losses than achieve gains. The aversion to failure of not reading the goal is much stronger than their desire to achieve it. For some, that bias is stronger than others and it has tremendous upsides. For instance, keeping us out of trouble. But it can serve us when we set goals, especially if we're unaware of its effect on us. Because failing feels like losing. None of us here like to fail. We're tempted to set small goals we can easily reach in the name of being realistic of my current status, who I am, what I'm capable of, rather than risky, a stretch. It's so true. We're also likely to slack off when we've reached those small goals. Oh, well, tick, I've done it. We don't want to push forward in anything else. But by focusing on what specifically what, what supposedly realistic we can inadvertently trigger our natural impulse to avoid loss and end up achieving less than we otherwise might have if we set that riskier goal. I'm not saying we should set goals that are crazy, that we will never achieve, like me being a Formula One car driver, because that's never going to happen. You can ask my kids. Um, I'm saying we should set goals that stretch and challenge us. That includes in our spiritual walk. That stretch and challenge us to move forward. Okay, the next one is time keyed. The fifth attribute of smarter goals is that they are time keyed. This could be a deadline, a frequency, or a time trigger. Is this good? Are you getting it? Because this will help you for 2024. For example, if I have just had, sorry, if I had just had the goal, read more, it's missing a sense of urgency. If I just say, I just, my time key goal is to read more. It could happen over the next 10 years. It could happen over the next 20 years. Even if I assume it's a New Year's resolution. So it makes, it means maybe sometime this year I'll read more. It is still just out there somewhere. I can put it off and stop thinking about it. But when I say I want to read two books each month, now that's different. I've not only created a challenge, but I've also got some focus. Deadlines demand attention and spur on your action. It spurs on the thinking, I'd better get in motion because the clock is ticking. I'm going to miss my time key goal. Distant deadlines discourage action. You'll think, I have so much time. I've got the whole year to start a book. You know what I mean? It just never happens. It's not due for another 10 or 12 months. You know, I can start it in, you know, month 12 of the year. Then at least I've ticked a goal. Effort dissipates to feel time. But the reverse is also true. Short time horizons concentrate our effort. The tighter the deadline, the more productive you and I will be. The main thing to watch is your bandwidth. I recommend, and and he does too, that setting seven to ten goals per year, but only two or three major deadlines per quarter, is the way to go. Now, if you wonder, how do you do this? Well, I actually have a diary that I've been using over many years and that diary makes me set my goals at the beginning of the year exactly like this, all the way through. And then that helps you progress what you've actually achieved over the full 12 months. So if you look up Michael Hyatt, you'll get a bit more of an idea of what he's capable of doing in your life because it really has changed my life. Any more than that and your focus will suffer along with your results. Deadlines are essential for achievement goals. But what about habit goals? So we have achievements, but what about habits? Deadlines don't make sense with ongoing activities, but deadlines aren't the only way to to key activity to time. If we use frequency statements and time triggers, we can actually spur the habits we want to cultivate. So saying exercise more this year is a recipe for an action because it when this year 
ever. But saying run for 30 minutes at the park every week morning at 7 a.m. will set you up to win. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a difference. Not only does it say what kind of exercise and where you're going to do it, not only does it say for how long, it also tells you exactly when you're going to do it. Time keys for habit goals create external cues that trigger action and they actually work. If you want to see focus changed in your life this year in Christ, time keyed goals are the way to go. Exciting. The sixth attribute of smarter goals is that they are exciting. They should be exciting. They inspire you, in other words. Like it, it, gets, your, it gets your blood running. You get excited about it. Researchers say that if we stand a better chance of reaching our goals, if we are internally motivated to do so, we will do them. External motivations might work for a while, but if we're not got, we're getting something intrinsic, if we're not getting anything exciting or intrinsic from a goal, we will lose interest, and that's why we don't complete them. We need to personally set goals that excite us. Don't choose a New Year's resolution you don't enjoy doing, like canoeing. I don't enjoy canoeing. I would never set a goal for that. Don't do it. You'll be setting yourself up for failure. Instead, tap into your your intrinsic motivation. What excites you? Go with what excites you. If you don't find your goals personally compelling, you won't have the motivation to push through with things when they get tough or when they get tedious. This is where you have got to be honest with yourself and ask, does this goal inspire me? Or does it even engage my heart? You see, our hard goals are the ones we really want to follow through with because it's one we identify with. You know, we need to ask, am I willing to work hard to make it happen? You might even ask if you find it fun. Am I enjoying this? I know Jesus wouldn't have said that. It was walking to, to the cross. But the truth is he, he, he had a heart goal, didn't he? And the heart goal was, was that you and me would be able to join the kingdom. That was his heart goal. That's what pushed him forward. It was the Father heart of God that was in Jesus that pushed him through. What heart goals do you have, even in Christ? I usually do for at least some of my goals a year, work out, okay, so am I actually going to really enjoy it? Some of them I don't because they're going to make me feel pain for progress. But others, I enjoy doing them. Remember, we are setting risky goals, right? So we're not going to be tempted. We're going to be tempted, I mean, to quit with a risky goal at some point. Only an exciting goal can access the internal motivation. You need to stay the course and achieve your goal. So they need to be risky but exciting at the same time. Okay, the last one. Relevant. This is a good one. That brings us to the seventh and final attribute of smarter goals. Effective goals are relevant to your life. This is about alignment and it comes at the end of the list because it is a good way to gut, what I call gut check, your goals before committing to them. Don't commit to goals that you don't find any of the other things that are above. If we're going to succeed, we need goals that align with the legitimate demands and needs of our lives. Do they line up with what God has planned for you and your life in 2024? Are you a working parent with young kids? We have quite a few in this church. Your goals will look much different than an empty nester or a uni student. You've got to work out the goals that are relevant to you. Depending on your circumstances... Going to medical school or travelling the world, etc., might not be in the cards for you right now. It may be a future goal, but it may not be a goal for right now. Pursuing a new weekend, gobbling holiday, I'm talking about those that take up all your time, that takes up all our precious time, might put unwanted strain on your family, on your relationships. You need to think about that. We need to set goals that are relevant to our actual circumstances and our true interests. We can also we also need to 
set goals that will align with our values. This should be obvious, but sometimes we feel pressure, outside pressure, to set goals that go against the core of who we are. The pressure could be social, professional, financial, whatever. But you need to resist the temptation to gear your performance for others. It's not about making others happy. Especially if it has somehow gone against your values and what you stand for. Finally, you need goals that align amongst themselves. They must have harmony together as a whole. Setting conflicting goals will only create friction and frustration in our lives. And if we are working against ourselves, we'll experience more heartburn than progress. That goes for setting too many goals in general. That's why I say limit them to 7 to 10 goals that align with your life, with your values and your ambitions. I think we need to be careful that some goals that we want to set for us, only God can plan. Some goals that we want to try and make happen, we try and do it in our flesh and not allow God to open that door. So we can't plan for everything. We can only trust in the planner. We just need to be careful that we don't try and push open doors that God is not ready to open in your life. Exactly like Justin shared today, where he pushed on the doors of work. You know, he's, an en- he's starting to be an engineer. He wanted to go into an engineering job. It was not time for Justin to do that. So Coles it is. And he, God has blessed him at Coles. He's rolling in money. In fact, if you want a loan, check him out. Anyway, but it's true. And praise God that you realised, Justin, that God had shut every door he tried to, fo- to force open because it was not the job and it was not the time and it wasn't relevant for him. Have you enjoyed that? Have you learnt, enjoyed learning about smarter goals? I encourage you, don't, don't just brush them off. Think about these. Really sit down. I'll just have, um, who's on keys? Scotty. So to surmise, smarter goals are specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-keyed, exciting and relevant. Why don't you do something like that today before the new year rolls in? Why don't you think about some of these things? Set yourself seven to ten goals over the next year that are specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-keyed, exciting and relevant. Don't do any more than that because you'll add then seven to ten, otherwise your efforts will dilute and you'll suffer distraction and you'll stretch yourself if there's any less than that. So don't do less than seven. I also recommend sending a few per quarter so you can space your effort more or less evenly throughout the year and mix up your goals with achievement goals and habit goals. Achievement goals may have a specific deadline and habit goals might be ongoing but closely monitored. You know, the biggest thing is to make sure that that your goals for 2024, you set, are prayerfully considered, that they're Christ-centred and considers all the internal and external factors of our lives. We need to be careful not to set goals that are only God plans, like goals where we try to force the Lord's hand and will. These are plans that He predestines And we will need to be patient and trust him in the outcome of these. Trying to force his hand will only lead to grief in your life and frustration. We need to concentrate on things we need to change for the better. Not only for us, but for others that are around us as well. Jesus encourages us to look beyond ourselves and to see the need in others. Smarter goals can seem like they are all I or me focused. But I can encourage you today to use the process, this particular process, to look beyond just self and also focus on the need of others. This process really has helped me focus on the new year ahead. And I would have to say that each of you could accomplish this exact same thing 
if you just take a moment to sit down and self-assess. This really works. It's worked for me for at least four years. The new year is a time for a reset, for a restart. So rather than just letting the new year roll in and feel like it's a massive groundhog day from year to year to year, nothing ever changes. How often do we say that? It's always the same. Why don't you, with me, sit down and write some smarter goals for you this year. Put Jesus in the centre. Put him on the perimeter and trust in him. And when they're Jesus-focused, I will guarantee you, you will get a testimony of his goodness. Please stand with me today as we pray for the new year. You know, I just believe that some of you in this room have had a really bad 2023, you know. When people say to you, how do you feel about 24? I can't wait for 2023 to go because 2024 was just such a hard year. Uh, Sorry, 2023 was such a hard year. Can't wait for 24. I want to pray for you today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, right now before we even leave this space, if that's you, You've had a really testing, trying, exhausting, overwhelming 2023. I want you to acknowledge that to him today, not not to me, not to anyone else in this room because every head is bowed and every eye is closed. No one's looking around. It's between you and God. Why don't you just reach out your hand or put your hand up Reach out to him today and say, Lord, I need your strength. I need change. I need a miracle. I need things to change for 2024. I need you to help me to set smarter goals that will help me be able to move forward in 2024. To leave the residue of 2023 behind and strive forward in 2024 if that's you why don't you just whatever however you do it whether you put your hand out in front of you whatever you're going to do just acknowledge that to him today be honest with him because it's through your faithfulness and your trust of you putting out your hand of you acknowledging to Jesus you know when we put our hands up it's like 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 a child as they raise their hands for a parent to lift them up you know daddy daddy you know pick me up We're acknowledging that it's beyond ourselves. Just reach out to him today. Lord, I want to thank you for the faithfulness of those that are trusting in you for 2024 to be a whole new year in you. I ask for your peace. I want you to bless on them because of their obedience to listening to Holy Spirit within them to reach out. For, for peace, for patience, for comfort, for healing. I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you're moving in this place. Even those who are listening online right now on podcasts, Lord, you're moving in their lives. Those who are reaching out saying, yes, that's me. That's me. Right now you're doing something. You're realigning things. You're going, you're a forerunner, Lord. You go before us. You prepare a way for us. Right now, Jesus, you're preparing a way for those who have the faith to trust and believe that you're the God of the new year. That you are the one that can turn things around in a moment. That you are the one that can bring testimony forth of your glory. That you are the one who builds things and you are the one who pulls them down. Father, I just pray right now. For those in this room that may have had a good year in 2023, but Lord, help us all prepare for 2024. Let us not just believe that it's just going to go on and happen. It's going to be another Groundhog Day, going to be another year. Lord, let us put plans in you. Let us put our focus in you, Lord God. How can we become more like Jesus in 2024? 
How can we turn our lives around in some of the areas of the fruits of the Spirit in our lives in 2024? How, Lord God, can we move more in the spiritual gifts in 2024? How can things happen, Lord, without you working and moving in and through us, Lord? Have your way. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just pray, Lord, today, right now, you're injecting things into people's minds, into their hearts. And Lord, as they make heart goals, as they think about change within their hearts, that will, that will then come out of their character, their integrity. Father, I just pray as each and every person picks up their cross daily. They, they may trip up. They may fall over. They may scrape their knee. But there's one thing for sure, Jesus. You will be there to pick us up and tell us to move forward and keep going and keep setting those goals and keep looking forward. Because Jesus, without the goal of you, Lord Jesus, going to that cross, well, of dying on that cross, but then being resurrected and then ascending, we would have nothing. Help us to see, Lord, that you are a planning God, that you predestine all. Let us live our lives with you in the will of you, in the fullness of you for 2024. And let not the enemy put up any roadblocks. Let him not get us stuck on roundabouts. Let him not put dead ends in front of us. Because, Jesus, we will be connected to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Holy Spirit, you will walk us through the journey the whole way. We are praying for a miraculous 2024 in this house. We're praying for souls to be one, for us to move into our stage two, for people who are bound to be set free, for those who are lost to be found, for those who have death before them to then have life eternal. Lord, we are praying right now and prophesying over this house, over the lives of the family in this house, the goodness of God in 2024. And the enemy will have no place in your plans. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen, amen. Get ready for a great 2024. Do you believe it? And I really hope that helped you because it's changed my life and it's helped me to plan well, not just talk about it, not just write a couple of things on a bit of paper, plan specifically, measurably, to know exactly where I'm going with each and every one of those things, to know that He is a God that will set all of those things before us. Be blessed. I hope you have a great New Year's Eve. If you can hang around for some morning tea, that will be out in the uh, kitchen area, through those doors out to the guest area. Um, if you can't hang around today, I hope you have a really blessed uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day tomorrow. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Let's be praying for all our family who are travelling, who aren't with us at the moment, for their safety, for travels and so forth, spending time with family and friends. Um, other than that, I'll catch up with you all next week. Thank you. Thanks.